The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. This is Robin. And Nicole. We're here with another edition of Horror Pop After Midnight. And our guests tonight are the father-son power duel, Wes and Cash Allen. How's it going, guys? Good. Good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's really we're really excited to have you on. You know, this is a this is a different episode for us, one that that I really wanted to do. You know, we have our our actors and our writers and everything all over the place coming in but you know i i really wanted to do this episode with you guys when when we talked about coming up with different episodes um like i told you last night wes um you guys straight came to mind because it's 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 great to have what what you guys have not just between you and cash but also between your whole family oh well thank you (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I think that's cool. Um, I watched Powerbomb last night. Yeah, we both did. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> and, and I want to tell you something. You played the obsessive pro wrestling fan down to a T. And the thing that oh, remi- yeah. the thing that reminds me of that is okay. I'm part of a, a wrestling promotion called Future Great Wrestling over here in Hamilton, Ohio, outside of Cincinnati. And yeah. you know, I'm their uh, interviewer. And um, by watching you, uh, you know, um, be in that role, you remind us of a, a, we have a crazy fan like that too, but you're the female version of her. Her name is Leticia. (laughs) And and, uh, she has this like huge obsession with one of the FGW wrestling stars, Amos. And it's it's so funny. We in the locker room and the fans give him a hard time about that. So it kind of hit close to home for us. <laughs> yeah, it, that uh, that particular character, Paul, uh, he he was honestly pretty easy to tap into because you know, I mean, it, being involved in as many things as I have, whether it was music or film or or even just being you know a fan of wrestling and seeing you know being at indie shows and seeing that obsessive fan. Uh, particularly in wrestling, and the other place I see it the most too is is in the horror fan world. Um, there's that's a very fine line that those guys sort of straddle as far as uh, reality and fantasy. And uh, you know that was the whole premise behind the story when I came up with the story was, you know what what if <laughs> what if the fan does go too far? And it's you know conceptually it's the same thing that you saw in the movie and you know the book and also the movie misery of you know what what if the what if the fan went that next step because that's ultimately that's where fandom becomes kind of a a a sketchy territory is you can love something we all love stuff and obsess and we're all fans of things but uh it can for people that maybe are are you know whatever the case may be lonely uh Maybe have you know? Maybe are uh, you know? Maybe have mental illness issues. That line can very quickly become a blurry one, and that's uh, that's kind of the 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 basis of what Power Bomb is about. Yeah. Also, what was it like when you got like 
the tar beaten out of you uh, by uh, by Matt. <laughs> Matt. Matt and I, I mean, as you, got, as you saw in watching the movie, Matt and I spent a lot of time together uh, because, you know, a bulk of the movie is, is predominantly Matt and I interacting. So yeah. we spent a lot of time together. And he, you know, he walked me through the process. Another great thing, too, is Greg Iron, who who's in the movie. Greg also helped with stunt coordination. Uh-huh. He was the stunt coordinator on the movie. So Greg helped, uh, Greg helped me understand, like, how to, you know, how to throw my body uh, when, you know, in that, in that particular scene. And then having Matt uh, crawl on top of me and start laying it in you know i mean those were you know as they say in wrestling those were working punches but yeah. 20 or 30 of them they start to they start to add up they hurt <laughs> i bet i bet um cash you were also part of powerbomb as well yeah um what was it like to uh work with uh brit baker man yeah. she was something you know, she's so great me and her got like right away just got along so well and I still keep contact with her because we spent so much time together on set that it's just it was so easy to talk to her. Yeah, and I love your your little things that you threw out there where you know you you just had the the uh, the right humor in it to where you know oh sorry oh sorry you know <laughs> so what yeah. was it like playing um, uh, you know um, the different side. To where you know your father is at, your real father is actually the bad guy in in the movie. I'm pretty used to that because he's always the bad guy. And I'm always, <laughs> that's a poor little boy. Yeah, literally in every movie we're cast in, I like I I'm often cast as a villain. Yeah. And, uh, like you know what, man? As far as I as far as I can tell, that's a good place to be. You know, if you look at, I you know I've always always equated it back to here. Guys like Roddy Piper, Bruiser Brody, that you know, that yeah. being, the, being the villain is is fun. It's yeah. it limitless, and uh, it gives you you know that's something you can sink your teeth into. But I really do think Cash and Britt and Ronnie Jonah, who plays Cash's mom in the movie, yeah, mm-hmm. they are the emotional center of the movie, yeah. and the three of them are are the core of the movie because they're the heart of it, and. They had to carry that while there's all of this other dark, weird stuff happening around them. Right. Mm-hmm. And and that role you played, you kind of uh, that character kind of remind me of Andy Galifakis. You know the one from the Hangover movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we absolutely love and that. And I, I want to tell you something. I know you enjoyed beating up on that puppet. <laughs> so, uh, uh, fun fun story about that. Uh, the. Uh, the co-writers and directors of the movie, BJ Clangio and Zach Schilwachter, uh-huh. when they approached me about it, um, it, there was this there was this element where it was like there needs to be another action scene in quotes <laughs> uh, in the movie, but it can't be direct. Like it could be one of those things where it's like where you're you're choreographing some sort of you know action beats where you got to shoot all this coverage and. It needed to be weird and uncomfortable mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, that's kind of, you know, that was the vibe we're going for. We're all wrestling fans, you know, everybody yeah, worked right? on the movie, uh, but we're also, where we all met is we're all huge fans of like horror and cult and exploitation movies. Oh, so hell yeah. yeah. I'm all over that. Oh, yeah, you know, and yeah. also the black exploitation movies too, man. No, that's it. 
big yes i mean right over my shoulder right now there's a there's a two pam greer uh prints so yeah which one is it is it is it white mama black mama or is it uh foxy brown (laughs) i've got coffee and foxy brown nice coffee Um, is an all-time classic man you cannot i agree agree completely that coffee is and for what it's worth uh her her parents and scream blackula scream like i think her role in that is fantastic oh that's wild i'll tell you something (laughs) Uh, I also love her role, Jackie Brown. I can watch Jackie oh, Brown. Of course. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. That's my favorite Tarantino movie by by a pretty wide margin, man. I, yeah, the, I love that. He's got he he cast Pam Greer and Robert Forster. Yes. Like, I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, rest <laughs> in peace, Robert Forster. And oh, yeah. I, I want to say in Jackie Brown, him and uh, Pam Greer just had that great chemistry on the ring. Um, not the ring, excuse me, the screen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely they did, yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, as far as the puppet scene goes, like, yeah. it was a, uh, when uh, Zach and BJ approached me about that, yeah. they, you know, it was like, we don't want to write dialogue, like, let's, Let's. What can you do with this? Let's improvise it, and that's what I did. I impro- So that scene is improvised. <laughs> see, um, see, it was great. It was funny because uh, I was like, "You got to watch this movie. You you got to watch it. It's awesome." So we ended up. He was watching it at his place, and I was like, "I'm watching it again too." So we were both watching it last <laughs> so night. So I was watching it, and I I I just loved your characters. It's a psycho fan, man. It was great. I mean. <laughs> The whole movie was great. All the actors were great in it, but mm-hmm. for some reason, I think you stole the, stole the show, man. You were just fantastic. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I hope. I think the big thing with Powerbomb, the, the thing that we want people to walk away from it, from it with is uh, walk away from that movie knowing mm-hmm. that it was okay to laugh. There's a lot right. of really yeah. absurd stuff happening in that movie. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's not. It's not meant to be this gritty, serious thing. It's a, at, at, as far as I'm concerned, I've always viewed the movie as a very dark comedy. Yeah. Because uh, mm-hmm. there's so many absurd things happening that in all reality, like the likelihood of them ever happening is almost zero. So, you know, but laugh at how absurd this whole thing is. Right. <laughs> that's, that's wild. I mean, I really enjoyed that movie and um, – um, um, I went into the Joe Bob Briggs, you know, uh, drive-in, uh, you know, uh, form, you know, their their group they joined because mm-hmm. everybody's always posting movies, what yeah. they like, and I posted Powerbomb in there, yeah. <laughs> and I was getting all these Joe Bob Briggs fans going, "Oh, do tell, is this any good?" Mm-hmm. And I say, I go, I go, it's dark humor, fun about an obsessive wrestling fan who kidnaps <laughs> his favorite wrestler. <laughs> and I, I hope, I hope that's how people view the movie. I mean, I. <laughs> It's it's funny like different audiences uh, depending on uh, you know depending on where you were uh-huh. uh, like you know when we had the premiere in Cleveland uh, it was there was so much energy because this is the first time anyone had seen it we had just secured a distribution deal yeah um, the, you know this there was a lot there was a lot of people there so there was like there was a nervous energy but then the more cities that it showed it showed in like. Uh, in Kansas City, like that audience there, would, and they have like the best horror scene in Kansas City. I can't recommend it enough. Oh, you, oh, I'll tell you who has the best horror scene besides Kansas City, and I got a lot of friends in the business down there is Texas. Oh well, yeah, you got Texas right there. I mean, that is a massive show. Yes, yeah. it is. I love that show. I I geek out when I go to that show. 
<laughs> it's, it's huge. It's so big. Um, the but yeah, with in Kansas City, like those guys were just game for anything, and that yeah. audience was having a great time with the movie. They were laughing. They were shouting stuff out as characters did stuff. Like they got it, and it felt really good sitting in that audience, sitting in that uh, theater, going, "Okay, these guys got it. That's cool." And same way in Chicago, like people people had a good time with that. Um, but you know, it, it all depends, and it all depends on the room you're in. Sometimes people, I think, are nervous to laugh at it. But every time I talk to somebody and they're asking about it, I always encourage people, like, if you feel the compulsion to laugh. You probably should because that that scene is probably ridiculous enough to laugh at. <laughs> exactly. So then you took a a, a big turn, and um, the one that stood out to me the most was the Legend of Holcomb Woods. You know, I grew up around that area, and yeah. you know, I grew up obviously we grew up around each other there for a while. So yeah. I mean, it was it was the thing back then. So this this was great. This was I was so excited. When I seen you post about this first coming out, because I was like, "Oh my yeah. god!" I was telling I was telling Pete. I said, "Oh my god! I this is this is something I grew up around. This is sure. great." And you and Cash were both in this also. Yeah, yeah. Cash had a more prominent role in that. He yeah, he did. Become that than me for sure. Yeah, you know, my favorite part of the the documentary was awesome, spot on, great. But the part that actually stood out to me was when you guys were at the beginning and Cash, you were at the party, and they yeah. they were explaining about you know the legend. Let's go to let's go to you know to Holcomb Road, and you they were telling about it, and everybody's just their eyes are getting bigger, and you had that big thing of chips just sticking oh, out of your mouth. <laughs> it's so hard because like I had so many chips in my mouth that I was like throwing up. <laughs> <laughs> So what was, was this one of your first like bigger roles that you can that you can say? Um, bigger locally probably, okay. but I'd say Powerbomb was definitely more of a mm-hmm. prominent role. Uh, and the Legend of Holcomb Road too, like that that movie. Uh, uh, the filmmaker, his name's Matt Ernst. Um, Matt, like he really tapped into something there. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I mean it. It's one of those things where, like, now locally, uh, he, he's he got, like, you know, it's something that is now, Nicole, you know this because mm-hmm. you grew up around here. Yeah. It's so ingrained in, in this community, and it's also, there are so many different versions right. of the Holcomb Road, you know, experience for people. And it's a fun urban legend that has all these different varying stories, and, right. you know, depending on what you believe and what you don't believe, but... Uh, he found some, he found a way to kind of splice the thing together, and I, I think I think it's going to be something that locally people are gonna are gonna enjoy for for a long time to come. Yeah, and just like kind of like for the Mothman, you know, every oh, sure. yeah yeah, it's exactly what it was for their town too. I, yes. I I loved it. I was so excited, and just to have something that I knew that I I was around. You know, I re- I remember drinking a few beers and hey, let's go down, let's go down to Holcomb yeah. Road, and then yep. you're just it's just a road, but man, you add those stories into it, those urban yeah. legends that we came up with, and then yeah. all of a sudden when you're on that road, the air just seems thicker. You know, yeah. you get those you get your heart pounding, and and no matter if you don't believe or not, you're believing because you're standing there and you're feeling it and you're getting in that moment. 
and to see and and to to watch the documentary it was perfect that they put that on first and then you had your you had your movie afterwards because yeah. it it ramped up the movie even more yes and uh and something i mean because you know robin you not being from this area the one thing that really does happen when you go in there is those woods are so dense uh-huh that when you clear when you get past the field and then you enter the woods where there's woods on either side of you. Mm-hmm. They're so dense that they kind of drown out all the sound yes. around you. It sort of sucks everything out. Yeah. Woo, that's and that's freaky. It, it, and it is like it, I can I can absolutely see where all these urban legends spun from because right. if you get onto that road and you get in the wooded area, it does feel very like soundproofed. And like yep. you said, Nicole, when you're already going there with this like excited nervous energy yeah once you get down there and you do all the you know you do all the the urban legend stuff you turn the headlights off and all that (laughs) you know everything is heightened and it it does make for a really fun experience and i do think matt really tapped into something that here locally people are gonna are gonna enjoy and have part and be a part of the holcomb road legacy for a long time yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I always liked urban legends like that too. I, I was, I was always into the paranormal and like to you know mm-hmm. go to these places, investigate, and see if I can get my own little story and see if I could get yeah. scared. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you guys also because you guys got a lot of stuff going on, and you guys, co- yeah, you guys, host, yeah. yeah, you got your own <laughs> podcast. Why did we ever meet? Yeah, tell us about your. How did that come to be? Tell us about this great podcast of yours. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so uh, we uh, there's a podcast network called Jabroni U, uh, and uh, I believe it's. I believe you can visit uh, if you go to JabroniU dot com. You'll find all the websites that are on their network or yeah. all the podcasts on their network. Mm-hmm. Uh, they came to us uh, and uh, I said, you know, hey, we we want you guys to do a show and have it, you know, be something about your family. And what you know, they they wanted us. They, you know, what what do you think is a good show? And we had wanted to do one anyway. And they yeah. said, you know, we we want we want you as part of this. So uh, basically, what it came down to is Cash and I are Cash and I are very public people you know Mm -hmm. because of the things that we're involved in but people don't get to see or necessarily know the public the other side of it with uh my wife ashley and our daughter roxy Uh this was an opportunity for all of us to just like show let let people into our life and and we are like we're a very our kids are growing up uh our kids are growing up around weird shit all the time because of being you know i've been involved in movies and music and that sort of stuff their entire lives cash sort of you know integrated into it pretty early on so they've been around this this weird world for a very long time and uh and you know how my wife and i do things is probably you know on on the surface kind of unconventional to people um but you know because we aren't you know we are not the uh, we we aren't the baby talk people you know we 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 don't uh, we we shoot kind of straight and I don't want people to put on an episode and think it's going to be like this this wholesome family thing it's not oh no I love it it's raunchy I love it it is it's really crass uh-huh. <laughs> yeah I was but telling you I loved it when you had your mother on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Like, <laughs> and it's us. Like, yeah. that's who we are. And if you want to know us, and that was the whole thing, and people were like, oh, I wish you guys had a YouTube channel or, or a podcast or something. Well, this, this is us. This is who we are. It's mm-hmm. it's not, you know, it's we are going to talk shit to each other. We, we bust balls. Like, this. Yeah. you know, it's, and, and we talk about a lot of insane stuff. We, t- we talk about, like, uh, we've been doing through the month of October. We've been doing a lot of like horror and Halloween stuff, mm-hmm. and so where we usually talk about conspiracy theories and kind of make fun of them. This whole month, Cash has been finding creepy pastas that we've been doing. And, Ooh! So did uh, you guys, did you yeah, guys do the one? Because we don't, I don't know any of them, but he brings cool shit. Yeah, there you go. Um, did you guys talk about the tall man or the black eyed children? What did? Uh, what was? What was the one that was really creepy? Oh, I want to hear this. Oh, oh, the Squidward one? Yeah. Do you know that one? No. Oh, well, do tell. I want to hear yeah. this. <laughs> so, yeah, explain what it is. Um, so it's supposed to be from the point of view of a like uh, of an intern that went on to... That worked at Nickelodeon. That yeah. worked at Nickelodeon for Nickelodeon, go figure. <laughs> he went for the summer, and uh, they were pitching the new season, and one of the episodes is pretty much just to shorten it, it's Squidward battling his depression and at the end of the episode, killing himself. And it's like super <laughs> vulgar and like bloody. Really dark, too. Just, like, <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. What the hell? Yeah, yep, like, I, yep, I wasn't like, ready. <laughs> yeah, like my, my wife and I did not expect it to be what it was. And, and after we finished it, it was like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Cash, I I just want to know, do, do do you rock a suburban vermin T-shirt? He, he doesn't know a lot of that. Like, <laughs> yeah, Cash. He he doesn't. What's funny is like like if you do certain stuff and your kids see you do it, uh-huh. they don't care about it. You know, how to, like, they don't. You know, like he knows that I was in bands. He knows bands I played with you know changes with all kinds of stuff he my kids don't give a shit but yeah yeah i wish i wish cash was back in the day when i was in seventh and eighth grade when you played at our dance oh yeah and it was only i think it was only me and another girl janelle bloom that stood there and danced our asses off to a bunch of crazy punk hell yeah yeah and everybody else was just like okay I think most of the kids were kind of scared. Maybe. To degree. Uh, they weren't sure how to take it. But, you know, I, I, play, I played in bands for so many years. I played all, like, I got to play in all kinds of weird places in the country. And, like, it's one of those things where, like, as your kids get older, you can't, you, you can no longer convince them that you were cool at one point. I know. I know. And I try to tell my kids that now. You're lucky because you have a cool mom, okay? <laughs> hey, speak. Yeah. Speaking of that, Wes and Cash, that reminds me. Have you ever read that comic uh, strip of Zitz about the uh, uh, father and son? The father had a band back in the day and the son has a band now. And, <laughs> and you know, and the son... Yeah, I don't know it. No. Yeah, and the and the son always thinks he's cool, and then his dad would be like, "Yeah, back in my day when I played in a lot of bands, we did this and this." And he's like, "Yeah, right." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's literally like what it is. Like I told him, like you know, like I, I I was fortunate. I get to play with some really big acts. Got to play some really cool people, mm-hmm. and uh, like you know, 
<laughs> I swear I was cool. So, uh, you know, okay, are you done? Like, can, I, can I go back in my room? Yeah, yeah. Okay, hey, I, I like her quote. I'm going to hashtag that. I don't give a shit. <laughs> so, but it's good. I, I love it that, you know, you have that open family that doesn't sugarcoat shit. And you no, raise your no, kids right. Yeah. I love yeah. Cash's comebacks to those asshole bullies. Oh, he, he knows how to, he knows how to handle them. So I think I, I think for him too, like you know when when he was younger, it was harder. You know, like yeah. it's harder being. Not every kid is not every kid is the athlete. No, and, and not every kid is meant to be this. You know, this sports kid who that's their whole life. Not every family's built that way. Oh, and, no. And, and I think a lot of times parents, you know, especially, you know, we're talking about the Midwest. These are very, like, mm-hmm. these are people that are, a lot of people whose roots are deeply sewn into this area. And, yeah. you know, you there's a lot of people where, that in this area, that they they grew up in this area, their parents grew up in this area, their grandparents, yep. and they've all just been farmed in the same land yep. that whole time. And, you, you know, it's this, I think it's, to a degree, I do think that things are better, you know, but as far as like our generation parenting kids, but I also think that a lot of times it comes down to a fear factor for parents and they're afraid to like, you're almost afraid to like, well, I don't want to encourage them. And some, you know, people think ill of them. Look, that's how the world works. You, not everything you're going to do is going to be accepted by the public. Mm-hmm. And not everything you do is going to fall right in line with what people's vision of how life works is. But if your kid is into something and they're passionate, there's absolutely no reason you should not be encouraging that and opening as many doorways for them as you can. Yeah, and absolutely. And, and you know, Cash, uh, you know, coming from from older people, too, that have children and, and, and watching you being friends with your dad, you know, on Facebook, being able to see you grow up and enjoy the thing, enjoying the things that you're you're showing on Facebook from, you know, just your funny little wrestling promos or your or your covers of your songs. You're doing something right now that gives us something to look forward to, whether it's in those little videos or those movies chips in your mouth you know you're giving us something to remember and you hang on to that and and man i can't wait to see what you do next yeah i'm looking i'm looking hey cash take that's a big compliment she's like a big fan of you man she's pulling she's gonna you better be careful she's gonna pull that misery thing now you know she's gonna you know she's gonna keep you locked up somewhere it's like you better play me a song or else there's other people like me around, okay? And he happens well, to be if cool. If he's making that James Tom money, I'm good with it. There you go. <laughs> it's like this. It's like, hey, man, take care of your mom and dad now because you're making that James Con money. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's our whole thing. We're like, you know, everyone always says, like, well, I can't eat. Something's going to happen for him. And Ashley and I are like, well, it's better because he's going to be taking care of shit for us. <laughs> so, so what do you have coming up coming up soon for us? Can you give us any little yeah. insight? Yeah, I got a, got a bunch of stuff. Uh, uh, there is a an anthology coming out uh, called Death December. Uh, it's being released uh, by Epic Pictures uh, and through Shout Factory. Nice. So I'm familiar with Shout Factory, yep. Screen Factory. They're going to be releasing this, and it's an anthology of uh, of Christmas themed horror shorts. 
Yeah. Uh, and uh, there's fantastic. There's stuff written and directed by fantastic people uh, like Michael Verardi, uh, Ruggiero Deodato, who did Cannibal Holocaust. He did one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barbara Crampton is in one of them. Tiffany Sheppis and our crew did one. Uh, uh, I wrote the story. Uh, Zach and Zach Schildwalker and BJ Colangelo, uh, uh directed it uh, and uh, wrote the script for it. Uh, and then Cash and I star in it. Uh, it's called They Used to Laugh and Call Him Names. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you too much. I'll just say it's our take on the Rudolph story. Oh, I know that's going to be twisted. No, <laughs> no, in your it mind, Wes, that. you have the it same. Has, it has its own. It has sensibility. <laughs> want, hey, I want to tell you something, Wes. We would get along fine because you, uh-huh. you have a twisted mind like I do, and I can just see us sitting together in a room somewhere. Everybody's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, we've got that coming out uh, for the holidays. Um, and then uh, I, I am allowed to announce this. I wasn't sure. Okay. Uh, but um, there is a... Uh, uh, Dustin Mills, who's an independent filmmaker, yeah. who's who, a very well known independent filmmaker too. Uh, his his the movie that kind of I think for better or for worse the movie that has has stuck around <laughs> for him. Uh, his movie called Puppet Monster Massacre, which is like a, a puppet horror movie. Nice. Um, uh, he's doing. Uh, it's been ten years, and he's doing a remake of it. Uh, and uh, it's he's going to start the crowdfunding. Uh, the crowdfund will go up here soon. And uh, basically, he's remaking it, but doing a bigger, more elaborate version of it. Here's the cool part. It's going to be crowdfunded. He will offer physical copies. But ultimately, he's going to release this online for free. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I think that's great. Yeah. Um, I do, too. Because it's, it's going to be, rather than this, like, you know, he has movies that vary. Some that are like super, you know, a lot of nudity, a lot of gore, a lot of monster stuff. Yeah. This is going to be more in that realm of like what, when you think of monster kids, because I know you're both, mon- you were both monster kids like I was. Yeah. He is thinking more for the kids that are fans of of of, of Monster Squad or Trick or Treat or yeah. that mentality of kid that like, not you know there's going to be some dark stuff there's going to be some true horror yeah. but a lot of like the gratuitous stuff he's going to pull away and really make something that is all encompassing for for horror fans from you know at kids all the way through adults and uh i'm super excited to be a part of that oh, absolutely. I, i'm looking forward to seeing it and i'm going to ask you this question i don't know if you have noticed this wes have you noticed a lot of these independent films coming out now are more focusing on monster films, you know, like back in the yeah. day. Have you ha, have you noticed that? I mean, yes, yes. And I think I think uh, the resurgence of of monsters in movies is something that uh, I, I think it's a necessity because, like at at the worst times in our country's history, horror films tend to flourish. Yeah. And, yep. And usually, like you can, it, it's a very like. Zombies have always been this very quick go-to, uh, you know, it can be a social analogy for pretty much anything. But yeah. you really make a monster movie and use that monster as a, you know, whatever it may be, whether whether it's something like, you know, how it's presented in the movie The Lighthouse. Yeah. You know, yeah. Where, you know where you have kind of the, 
the song, you know, the song of the siren and the the mermaid aspect, or if you have, uh, or if you have something like, um, like you know, it's a few years old, but still something like Jennifer's Body. Oh yeah, where, I love it. Uh, you were, you know, you were telling a story about succubus, but it's it's presented in this monster fashion, mm-hmm. or even something like Hereditary, yep. where you know, yep. you're talking about. You know, kind of talking about that, like you, you know, you're talking about one of the kings of hell in in Paimon, and you're also talking about you know, like kind of the Dante's Inferno stuff. But mm-hmm. I think what's really special is these guys all grew up on monsters, yeah, and they not go away. And I think knowing that, you know, as working on independent film, we don't have, we don't want to make a Guillermo del Toro style monster movie. Yeah. Nobody has the money. <laughs> of course not. Yeah. <laughs> you, you want, so what is your version of it? And yeah. How can you present a monster? And I think a lot of these guys have done a really good job of, of tapping back into their youth. And, you know, we've seen some really cool stuff come out as a result of that. I think so too. Um, Cause speaking of the monster films, I've watched two over the past weekend. Uh, the, okay. b- the Book of Monsters, very great, very, very gory. Sure. And then I watched uh, the, uh, Love of Monsters, too, which was another great fun film. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, and they're great, and I'm glad they're doing the whole monster thing. I mean, you know, yes. like you, um, I, I grew up as a kid watching the, you know, Universal Horror Monsters. Uh- yeah. And th- and then all the classic monster films from the fifties, you know, which is yeah. pretty cool, and, and yeah. I'm and I'm glad they're going more towards that for an, for the other generation to enjoy. Oh yeah, there's there's always a place for you'll always find a place for the Wolfman, uh, or for vampires, or you know, you you'll always find a way to tell that story, whether it's something as as romantic as. Uh, Del Toro's movie, The Sh- uh, Shape of Water, uh-huh. good movie. Yeah, or great, yes, absolutely. Or, uh, or something like um, what is that? Uh, the can't think of the name now. Um, and I'm looking it up while I'm talking to you, but uh, <laughs> Jeremy Gar- Jeremy Garner's movie uh, from from last year. I uh, think. And um, bear with me, I'm going to find it and tell you. Um, Wes is on the mission. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I've yeah. seen that one. That one's all right, yeah. Yeah, so you've got, like, you know, whether it's something like that that's really stripped down and a true, like, independent film, or, you know, something as massive as Shape of Water that was up for awards. Yeah. It, these are guys that still believe in telling the tale of a monster. Right. Because that monster can reflect so many aspects of society and, and humanity, and it's a great way to tell a story. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether whether people see it as that or not, that that's monsters are always going to be an analogy for the ugliness and humanity and these guys see that and remember that but they also still really love to try and scare the shit out of people and i like you can't beat it it's a great combination yeah, and that's what that's what we all want too. Yeah, that's all we want. And, and another thing is too, I'm a I'm a big you know comic nerd too. So um, I grew up reading the, all the Alan Moore Swamp things. Those got yeah. pretty dark too. Oh, if you sure. if yeah, you yeah, read them, for sure. And a lot yeah. of yeah. I thought that I I'm, I was sad that that show did not uh, 
I, I, I don't feel like they gave that show a, a fair shake. Nope, that's what we said too. I, I don't yeah. think it did because mm-hmm. I did like this because um, when they did it, it was it was more of the darker version of the Swamp Thing that you read in the comics. Yes. And, and, and you know, I was loving it. I mean, I watched back in the day. I also watched the 90s Swamp Thing on USA Network, but yep. it wasn't as dark as, you know, the one they had on DC Universe. But I'm also kind of glad they're showing it on the CW. Who knows? Maybe it'll get another season. You just don't know. I, you know, I, that's, that's kind of uh, uh, something I'm hoping for. Uh, I'm hoping that the move to their app is a is a way for them to go well we can probably justify doing more of that um mm-hmm. but you know it's hard to tell i mean there's things you think are doing well and then netflix is like we're ending them. So, yeah you know i don't know it, it's really hard to tell anymore and <laughs> as somebody who doesn't watch a ton of television i mostly primarily what we watch are movies in this house oh um, i do too yeah, yeah. so you know if i'm watching television it's something that i I genuinely am invested. Like we, we were absolutely invested in Lovecraft Country. Um, oh, Lovecraft Country! Love mm-hmm. I always rave about that to everybody. It's that good. that show is so phenomenal, man. Oh, I was hooked from the first episode. I was so yes. looking forward to it. The cast is great. They got that great chemistry, and I was. Yep. And I also love it where they have the gore, but they also kind of fuck with you in the mind too, you know. Yeah, absolutely, and and I think too to to it, 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 I think it's a great thing to take that and you take the monsters and the the lore of H.P. Lovecraft's writing. Yep. But also address some of the ugliness of who he was, you know, addressing the yep. fact that you know we know we're, we know he was a racist, and yep. for them to address it in this manner was such a well-crafted way of doing it and i think i think what it did was it it brought all of that into into a a really unique space where you could say this was a very problematic guy but we do we do all love the monsters he created oh definitely he was as a human but his art influenced and affected so many of us i totally agree all right cash i'm gonna ask you a question buddy yeah, go ahead. All right. What got you into uh, horror films? What was that one movie that just really tempted you? Be like, yeah. should I watch it or shouldn't or, or should I? And then what got you into horror from there? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. It's uh, probably Trick or Treat. Ha. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> nice. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's that's been. Uh, that that his sister too like that that is such a staple in our house the kids that was they both latched on to Sam yep you know? I know I just took and a I picture of his blanket yep my me and my daughter uh, she's 21 now our oldest one and we would sit down and watch that every single year and yep. it doesn't yep. matter because I mean hello Sookie's in it too like you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Sookie Stathouse is hot. She's yes, got, she is. She's got those nice boobies. Yeah. I know. She's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That was that was my that was my jam. I rewatched that all the time. But yeah, Sam was a big deal, and I was just at the <laughs> Spirit of Halloween shop, and they had this big throw, and I took a picture of it for my daughter and sent it to her. Yeah. That yeah. that was a great one. I love the stories. Every story was great. Yeah. I met. Yeah. I, I went to Whorehound one year and met the actor who played Sam. He was a great kid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I um, 
I work at a lot of the horror hound shows with vinegar syndrome, uh-huh. and uh, I'm always fascinated by the kids that yeah. are there. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're they're actors and they're doing these conventions, and that has to be such a weird trip for these kids. <laughs> yeah, it probably yeah. is. <laughs> you know, to meet adults that are like, "I love your work." Like that's, <laughs> that's got to be such a weird headspace yeah. for a kid to be in. Because I watch Cash Squirm. <laughs> They're, you know, complimenting his work. You know, if it's, you know, when we'd be in like a movie premiere thing, like it, it, it is, it is weird for these kids to have these adults tell them that. <laughs> Cash you know, is, people, you know, they appreciate your art. Yeah, that's and, good. And Cash is probably like this: stranger danger. <laughs> <laughs> no, he likes the strange. Yeah, yeah that is weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the trick or treat, man. That that's gonna be one of those movies. I think like Halloween and. Tech- well, Masker have done for our generation. Yes. Right. I think Trick or Treat's doing that for these guys. Same way with, uh, I think, Get Out and uh, uh-huh. Us are going to both be big clinch pins for this generation of kids, too. I think so, too. Now, Wes, what was the movie that got you into horror? Um, the two movies that got me into horror was uh, mm-hmm. Phantasm and the original Halloween. Those are my two favorites. Yeah. Uh, my, my big clinch pins for horror. So the first horror movie I ever saw was Grizzly. Oh, okay. It's a terrible movie. Yeah. Uh, but that was the first time where I was like, I rented it based on the artwork on the VHS tape. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was it. That was kind of like the, the, that got the ball rolling. But the movie for me, and it is favorite movie ever, is the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And, oh, uh, awesome. The, the original uh, Night of the Living Dead. Those yep. are the two big ones for me now I have I you know I of course over time like got discovered the Italians so oh yeah Argento and and all that Mm -hmm. and and then you know like there are movies that are real close to my heart like uh, like The Changeling is a movie I can put on anytime and never get sick of it and and oddly enough The Exorcist 3 with those are both George C. Scott movies Um, and I think it has more to do with his performances but uh, those are movies that are like comfort foods to me, yeah. but Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Night of the Living Dead, without question, are, yeah. are my two. Texas Chase, Chainsaw Massacre was great because it taught you the safety use of power tools. Yeah, there you go. It, it did, yes. And, and she, it also, it, it tricked you into thinking you saw so much more than you ever did. <laughs> it sure did. And see, you know, we that's what's so good about Robin and I doing this together because he likes those and then me over here, I'm like, you know, the two that stand out in my mind, of course, is Popcorn and oh, uh, Nightbreed. Yeah, so. Oh, sure. Popcorn yeah. was yeah, good. Nightbreed is. Uh, Nightbreed's awesome. I mean, you've got a, you've got Clive, Bar- a Clive Barker movie oh, and God, David Cronenberg yeah. is, yep. the, yeah. is the antagonist. Like, you can't go wrong. Yeah, and no, it, I always watch that, and I posted that before. Cooking. Cooking meat, watching Nightbreed. You know, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I am a massive David Cronenberg fan. I think he is one of the, one, without question, one of the greatest filmmakers to ever walk the face of the earth. However, when he's acting, and particularly in a movie like Nightbreed, mm-hmm. he is able to tap in. Like, you can see why he's been able to write the movies and yeah. make mm-hmm. the movies he's made, like yeah. Video Drum. And scanners, like it yeah, yeah. When you watch his performance in Nightbreed, 
Yeah, absolutely amazing. I love it. Yeah, and my favorite director is I, I'm a huge Carpenter fan. Whatever Carpenter did, oh, oh sure. I loved it. I especially loved that movie he did with uh, Kurt Russell, where it was where Kurt Russell played Elvis, and he nailed that down to the T. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a big fan of directors. Like I really yeah. kind of tap into guys like that, and I like all the crazy guys. I love. Suzuki yes. And John, John Waters and Russ Meyer, David Lynch. And David Lynch and, is awesome. And Paul Schrader. Yep. And Bonberg and, and, you know, just like real, really like crazy. And the thing that I like so much about them is uh, they were they were creating their vision mm-hmm. and not really concerned with the the audience. You know, like I I, I think Spielberg is an incredible director I would never say otherwise yeah mm-hmm. but comparing Spielberg to a story being told by you know a more current guy like a Gaspar Noe yeah or, or, or even guys like you know like uh, Lucio or not Lucio Fulci necessarily but like a guy like uh, Ari Aster who made Hereditary at Midsummer. like they're mm-hmm. guys that aren't necessarily concerned with uh, what people think yeah yeah the audience like making sure that it appeals to a mass audience isn't on the list for them yeah like, like not, yeah know, they're not worried about ticking that box yeah they want to tell a story they know what they want the story to be yeah. they know how they want the story to look and feel and sound mm-hmm. and that's far more important to them than any sort of box office number i, I totally agree midsummer yeah. was horrible um i was i was on it's a it's an intense movie, man. <laughs> yeah, it's a t- but it was horrible. And um, I, I made a post on that on Twitter, and I had some midsummer fans sitting there just trying trying to trying to rag on me, man. I was sitting there laughing. I thought it was interesting. <laughs> it still it still kept my attention, so that's good. I'm a, we're big fans of Ari Aster in this house. We love Hereditary and Midsummer. Oh, yeah. Hereditary, I love. I own that movie. I can go back and watch mm-hmm. that all the time. Hereditary was great. But, and it's so watchable. That's the funny yeah. thing. Is like, as, as gnarly as that movie is, it's yep. a very watchable movie. It was. I yeah. saw it in the theater. Actually, I went and saw it three times to the theater. I was just so hooked on it. And then when it came out on Blu-ray, I bought it. And then I yeah. was like, okay, I like this. And then when I found out he was doing Midsummer, I was like, you know, some, I'll give that a chance. I just really didn't, you know, really like it. But I thought Hereditary was, you know, a lot better. And, yeah. and th- I think with Midsummer, I think the thing that where it becomes polarizing is it is not, it's not conventional. Yeah. And, like, and Hereditary isn't either. But, like, some some of the things that he taps into in Midsummer, whether whether it's that you know, it's easy to just draw the correlation to like yeah. some similarities to The Wicker Man. Yeah, Wicker Man, that's, great movie, that's exactly original. What yep. I thought, and, but but it also you're also tapping into a lot of stuff when it comes to like how he approached relationships. Yes, mm-hmm. because at the the core of the movie is. She is. She's lost her family. Yeah. She has a shitty boyfriend mm-hmm. who is the most non-committal, milk toast, apathetic, selfish human being on the planet. Yeah. And and she is broken. She's hurting and yeah. wants to belong somewhere. Yeah. And she's looking to this partner, uh, to, to this guy, to be her partner in yep. the most painful time in her life. And he just wants to do whatever will shut her up. It and mm-hmm. like that's really like. 
the, the core of the movie is, is really about relationships. And I, like, I am, I, I think that movie, I understand what people don't like about it. I totally get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do, I, I, I love that movie. I think quite a bit of that movie. Another director I'm going to talk about as well, I kind of like too. He's done a lot of great horror films from, you know, from The Conjuring, etc. Yeah. I love James Wan, man. He knows oh. what's up. He he is he's got a formula down, man. That dude knows how to make money. He is he is a pro. Mm-hmm. I I think uh, I think he's going to be the one of those guys that sort of like like Jordan Peele has become too. Jordan Peele, yeah. They're 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 guys that had success and have been consistent and are going to be able to foster new talent. You know, like Jordan Peele's produced the new Candyman. Yeah, and he's really paved a path for her to make a movie that is, you know, he. Like he was able to give her the room to to make Candyman with, uh, you know, seeing it from the through the eyes of uh, you know the fans that know the Candyman story and the legacy of it, but also like he's he gave uh, he gave her the opportunity to make her stamp on the Candyman legacy. Yeah, and you can only do that. Not to say that Nita Costa couldn't have done that on her own. But it doesn't hurt when you have a producer like like Jordan Peele in your corner saying, "Go for it, do this, go push further, go farther." I've got your back on this, and and really standing between her and the studio and being able to say, "No, this is the project. This is this is the movie we're making. This is this is what we feel can be accomplished." And I I cannot wait. I was so bummed that they pushed it back. I understand why they yeah. did. Yeah, yeah, uh, during the pandemic. But it's just going to make it all all the much all that more better when we do finally get to see that movie. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Wes and Cash, where can everybody find you on social media so they can follow you, uh, your uh, podcast, oh. um, everything? You you, you you tell them your stuff because I had never yeah. remember mine. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I would say probably Cash Plays Music on Instagram and YouTube mm-hmm. uh, for my music stuff. That Yeah, that's just those. Okay, so Cash Plays Music on Instagram and YouTube. Um, and then for, for me, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, uh, you can find me at uh, West Blood Sprayer on Twitter. And then uh, I, what I would... The thing I think I'd encourage most people to do is uh, uh, find our podcast. Why did we ever meet? Yeah, uh, absolutely. You can find find us the find, we have an Instagram uh, why, at Why did we ever meet? So you can find us on Twitter at WDWEM Podcast. But more more than anything, uh, go re- go subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. New episodes every Wednesday at eleven a.m. and uh, and I would encourage people to check out JabroniU.com. Um, for uh, for more podcasts, our network has a bunch of great stuff: uh, the Draft Pod, Flow and Tell, Biff Radio, Jabroni U Wrestling. There's there's a ton of really fun stuff going on, on on this network, and we're really excited for the future. Yeah, we were really excited to have you guys both on tonight. Um, I, I just I can't wait till everybody gets to listen to this episode, and and hopefully we'll be seeing December pretty soon, and and people yeah, yeah, and yeah. ever I'm telling you what everybody's going to be going and watching Powerbomb. Our crowd is a big wrestling crowd, and I and everybody that's listening now, Legend of Hokum Woods, it, it's great. Make sure you guys check these guys out, and you know thanks for thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. Seeing your guys' take on everything. Thank you for having us. Uh, one thing 
two I want to mention because uh, I know some good people that if you, Halloween is this weekend, yeah, uh, look up the Revenge Fest Film Festival. Okay. Uh, it's, okay. it's an online festival. Uh, it's going to be an online film fest, and they're taking donations. It's not even like you got to pay. They're taking donations, so you could have a chance to watch a bunch of fun horror movies on the cheap all weekend. So, that sounds good. Uh, yeah. And, uh, but yeah, guys, thank you so much for having us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it too. And Wes, and I'm looking forward to meeting you in Cash in the Future. <laughs> great, man. We look forward to it. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Have a great night. Thank, take care. Thank Bye. you. Well, you heard it right there, guys. Make sure that after you listen to our episode, you guys tune in and wait for December to come out. Make sure you check out Powerbomb if you like some comedy and some awesome wrestling. Check out their podcast, Why Did We Ever Meet? And, you know, guys, we all go a little mad sometimes. What do you think? Oh, we always do. <laughs> and um, you can follow uh, us, Horror Pop After Midnight, on Twitter at Pop After, on, fa- on Facebook at Horror Pop After Midnight. And you can follow us on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podcast City Network at podcastcity.net, Google Podcasts. And please subscribe to um, our podcast on e- every uh, platform you guys listen to. Everybody have a great night. Bye.